Welcome. This is Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Be sure to log on to our website, www.cato.org, for a full archive of our podcast as well as many other audio offerings. As talks between Washington and Tehran continued, President Bush and Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad gave separate speeches at the United Nations on Tuesday, sharply criticizing each other's policies. With a resolution to the nuclear crisis still in the works, Cato's Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies, Ted Galen Carpenter, would like to offer Iran a grand bargain as outlined in his new study, Iran's Nuclear Program, America's Policy Options. Ted joins us for today's podcast. Let's talk about the options currently on the table for dealing with Iran. There are several options. One is to impose economic sanctions either through the United Nations Security Council or on an ad hoc basis by like-minded nations. There's a suggestion for covert subversion to overthrow the regime. There are suggestions for airstrikes to take out the Iranian nuclear installations. And then finally, the options that I favor, namely either relying on deterrence that we can contain Iran and prevent it from threatening important American interests, or better yet, striking a grand bargain with Iran. I would imagine that if sanctions were to succeed, the United States would have to have the EU3 on board as well. Given President Jacques Chirac's aversion to the use of sanctions, would you say that this policy is likely to succeed or fail? I think given the attitude of France, that's probably the death knell for effective sanctions. Sanctions appear to be a weak option in any case, given the opposition of both Russia and China. Now, if France is not on board, the notion of any kind of effective sanction systems is out the window. Well, the United States seems to prefer this combination of economic sanctions and regime change. Do you think that this strategy would fail? A strategy of U.S.-orchestrated regime change is likely to backfire. In fact, a U.S. endorsement of anti-regime forces in Iran would be the kiss of death. Iranians are not just divided into two camps, namely pro-regime forces and anti-regime forces. There are millions of Iranians in the middle, people who may not like the current regime and its repression, but also are not especially fond of the United States. And remember that the United States interfered in the past in Iran's internal political affairs, including overthrowing a democratically elected regime in 1953. Iranians have long memories, and they would deeply resent any kind of interference by the United States on this occasion. What specifically is the course of action that you recommend? I would like to propose a grand bargain to Iran, namely that the United States would offer Iran a security guarantee, namely that we would not seek to forcibly overthrow the regime. We would agree to normalize diplomatic relations. We would agree to normalize economic relations. In exchange, we would expect Iran to agree to on-demand vigorous international inspections of its nuclear program to make sure that it is confined to peaceful power generation purposes and that it is not going to divert material to the production of weapons. At the very least, this would smoke out the Iranian regime. Right now, everyone is speculating about Iran's motives and goals. If Iran turned down that deal, then we would know that the regime is unalterably determined to become a nuclear weapons power, and all other options would still remain available. We would not be giving up any of these options. 
if a grand bargain does not work, then the fallback position should be deterrence and containment. For many Iranians who are now seeking prosperity and national greatness, do you think that a grand bargain might strike them as a bit cowardly, as if Iran is once again kowtowing to the United States? I suspect most Iranians would view a grand bargain as at least a modest victory for Iran, namely that Iran would finally have the acceptance and the recognition of the sole remaining superpower in the international system, and that all they would have given up is something they insist that they're not pursuing anyway, namely the quest for nuclear weapons. They insist that their nuclear program is peaceful. I think at least some Iranian people believe that when the regime says it. So the regime could simply portray this as a great deal for Iran, but from our standpoint, it would be an ideal arrangement if we could peacefully prevent Iran from barging into the Global Nuclear Weapons Club. And what about acceptance and deterrence? I think many Americans see this kind of position as weak-kneed appeasement. Well, there's a big difference between patient firmness and appeasement. We didn't appease the Soviet Union when it had nuclear weapons. We didn't appease Maoist China even during the Cultural Revolution when China built its arsenal at a time when there was tremendous domestic upheaval in the country and China was a very, very weird place. We successfully deterred those countries from threatening important American interests. In all likelihood, we can do the same thing with Iran. I know that some people fear that the Iranian political leadership is suicidal. That leadership has shown no signs at all of being suicidal. And uh, middle-aged politicians tend not to be suicidal. They tend to get gullible young people to participate in suicide missions, but they're not willing to court suicide themselves. And the Iranian political leadership would know that any use of nuclear weapons would be the end of the regime. It would be regime suicide. If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60-minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional, one-of-a-kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and audible.com.